Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. shower. What is this thing? It's enormous. It's an asteroid, sir. It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. What kind of damage? Total, sir. My God. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. What do we do? We blow this thing up from the inside. How? We drill. We bring in the world's best deep core driller. The United States government just asked us to save the world. I'm with you. Of course I'm in. Can't let you come up there alone. Beat me up, Scotty. I haven't turned you down once. All right, then. We go. United States astronauts train for years. You have 12 days. I'm gonna twist you. And I'm gonna flip you. When you squeal, you're just gonna go faster. I left your rim trucks all over your dashboard. Will you marry me? Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they change over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone. And. Just a just a blank space. MIA. <laughs> JM. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he had a little too much eggnog. No, over he the had break. to go up into an asteroid to drill some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think it's actually you know, he's yes. You have like letters for your name that gives you a special skill. <laughs> <laughs> but JM will not be joining this week. It's just you and me, Rob. It's just yeah. you and me running down Armageddon. Armageddon. You said you said like Armageddon. Armageddon. It's just like the hoity-toity army getting. Yeah. It's not an Irish It's not it's an, an Irish It's movie. not an Irish It was adapted movie. from an Irish movie, actually. <laughs> that would be great. It was originally uh, uh, Martin McDonough's oh, Armageddon. right. Yeah. yeah. Three billboards outside of Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. The asteroid just killed a bunch of people who didn't do shit. <laughs> uh, but before, before we get into the podcast this week, I want to thank our Patreons. Thank you for giving us one, three, five... Fifteen dollars a month. <laughs> Not that much. It's just a small pittance that you guys give us, but it keeps it's us going. Pittance. It's a nice thing that they do. We love it. Yeah. And it, it keeps us going. And, uh, and for that, you get the podcast early. We released like only for Patreons a podcast. We did Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. The new Star Wars. So we covered And we new also movies. talked about a bunch of movies that weren't Star Wars. Yeah. The previous one. <laughs> right. All, all the movies you had seen over. over. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but you can find that at patreon.com slash rewatchability and you can give anything you want there. And also to our sponsor, HelloFresh. You can go to hellofresh.ca and enter in rewatch 50 and get 50% off your first box. You sure can. Of good food. It's great. Do you have a New Year's resolution, Rob? My New Year's resolution is to eat out less. Well, that just really fits in with what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like you're almost feeding me. The improv, right? Right, but you have to you have to cook it yourself. Oh, okay. okay. The improv and the HelloFresh <laughs> box. The HelloFresh box. Okay, great. Well, let's get into Armageddon. Yeah, this is this is Michael Bayhem and uh, and Jerry. Michael Bayhem. Yeah. Well, there's that like that video essay called Bayhem. Like, what is Bayhem? No, I haven't. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Is that his like, new moniker? Is that how we're going to go into 2018? Well, his movies are just mayhem. His movies are just like things blowing up all over the place. Okay. Astute observation. <laughs> I don't think anyone else has brought that up. And Jerry Bruckheimer produced it. Right. And they've done a lot of movies together, like uh, Air Force One. Yeah, they used to do everything no, together. No, Con Air. But I guess yeah. they like, went their separate ways or whatever. Yeah. Like, falling out. 
Oh, wow. Or something. That must have been explosive. Uh, <laughs> boom! <laughs> um, and it stars Bruce Willis and a, bunch, and a bunch of other people yeah. that all were in the 90s. <laughs> Basically, everybody from the 90s is in this movie. Yeah, and you can tell because Steve Buscemi is in this movie. This is from the period where Steve Buscemi was in everything. But to be fair, Michael Bay sort of... He was one of the actors who utilized Buscemi a lot. Like, he sort of, Buscemi had the three-pronged route to becoming popular. The art house <laughs> route, Coen Brothers. Okay, okay, good. The explosion route, Michael Bay. Okay. But also, the Adam Sandler route, and I'm giving you the finger. Yeah, you used the third finger to give me the Adam Sandler finger. They can't see that, but... Uh... That hurt. That hurt my feelings. As well as Adam Sandler's. That's what you get for... Misunderestimating Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, he was Steve Buscemi's awesome. He's also like an NYPD, uh, NYFD. Uh, he was a firefighter for a little while. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's cool. He doesn't help this movie much, though. Oh man, he tries though. He improvises like all his lines, and they I, had to, I hope that he didn't. <laughs> they had to cut most of his lines because they said it was too funny. Michael Bay said he was too funny in the film. They had to cut most of his lines. I would like to see the ones that were cut and compare them. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't trust Michael Bay's editorial sense <laughs> on this, you know? His yeah. Uh, yeah. style of humor, if you will. <laughs> and I won't. And <laughs> no one will. When did you first see Armageddon? Did you see it in theaters in 1998? Okay, so I think I saw this in theaters. Ah, oh, sweet. And the reason that I saw this... And I have a bit of a confession to make here. I used to be an Aerosmith fan. Oh, no. Yeah. They were kind of my first favorite band because in the 70s, they were like kind of rocking, mm -hmm. like Toys in the Attic and uh, Night in the Ruts. Those were great records, and my dad had them, and you know they were pretty awesome. But by the time that I got into them, they'd retired, they'd come back, and they'd start to really suck by doing like lots of ballads and you know whatever. But when... They were going to release new music as part of this movie. And you could get the, the soundtrack with a bunch of like Aerosmith songs and some other ones that weren't so great. It seemed like a cool thing. And I was like, I was ready for it. And so I saw it in theaters. And, and I think I thought it was okay. And you saw it just for Aerosmith. Well, I, I kind of liked Liv Tyler as well. Like, I think I had a bit of a crush on her because she yeah. was in all those Aerosmith videos where she like makes out with Alicia Silverstone. That was the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Just like trolling much music in the 90s? Well, also, like, we might as well put that down right here because we got to get into the theme of uncomfortable father-daughter relationships in this movie. Oh, my Lord, yeah. I mean, that it's is the, the asteroid hurtling towards us. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... Liv Tyler, I mean, she sort of became famous as, like, Steven Tyler's daughter. Yeah. And with those Aerosmith videos where she did a lot of confusing things. <laughs> I mean, they were confusing for me as a pubescent boy. Right, right. Yeah. But so I didn't have the soundtrack, but actually my brother had the soundtrack. Okay, was your brother older or younger than he you? He was younger than me okay. because he sort of like inherited the things that I liked after I was just about done with them. And I was right. just about done with Aerosmith. But there was this girl in my class who Named I wanted. Liv. No, oh, okay. her name was Ashley. Oh, okay. oh. I wanted her to like me. Oh, Ashley, if you're out there. And we we talked about Aerosmith, and she was like, oh, I, I really like that song. And I was like, oh, uh, I have the soundtrack. Right. I didn't. This was a lie. Right. I could tape it for you. And oh. she was like, oh, maybe I can just borrow it. <laughs> so I, um, I stole my brother's Armageddon soundtrack <laughs> and gave it to this <laughs> Ashley girl. <laughs> What did your brother say? He was just into it, right? Because you were just out yeah. of it, and he was really into them at the time. Yeah. yeah. And you stole. His... He stole my band. <laughs> you stole. You stole the CD. Did yeah. he say anything? Was there any retaliation? Well, eventually he asked me about it, and I I confessed. Okay. And then I did get it back from the girl. Right. And I never got anything out of it. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't strengthen your friendship. I'm pretty sure she stopped talking to me as soon as she got the tape. <laughs> well, because she got that CD and she was like, oh, oh, God, this is awful. Yeah. She was like, oh, he likes this. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess yeah, she, she learned a lot about me from that, from that instance. So either Michael Bay or uh, Steven Tyler was responsible for you never finding true love with Ashley. Well... They probably saved me. This was Northern Ontario, you know. Okay, Ashley, if you're out there. Uh. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's, 
other things have come along since then. <laughs> I'm not holding out any hope for. Uh, I'm sure whatever she's doing at the checkout line of the giant tiger is great. Well, hey, if the oh Jesus snap. Um, <laughs> listen, if 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 an asteroid was hurtling towards Earth, you know, you might call her up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know what? I might. Okay. Blaine, when was the first time you saw this movie? I don't have that great a story. Oh, my Lord. Or, or cutting comments like yours. <laughs> Poor Ashley. I feel bad for Ashley now. I felt bad for us watching this movie, but now... Yeah, I remember watching it with like my friends when I was younger and us just uh, going into it being like, this is going to be great because we, we loved Bruce Willis and... and like Die Hard. from Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard was like a right. big movie for me and, and for some of my friends. And so we were really looking forward to it and we went in and this it was like... basically a, Die Hard on an asteroid. Yeah, like how perfect is that and i loved i loved space when i was a kid i wanted to be an astronaut when i was a little kid and i'm a podcaster now so almost <laughs> almost there <laughs> yeah like a space pod <laughs> space pod or i don't know there's got to be some sort of part of the space station that's called like a pod yeah like pod an, an escape pod yeah yeah okay this is like your this, escape pod yeah every every week i failures. have to watch a bad movie and that's my escape from my own life no, so I really wanted to love this movie, and I kind of similarly was uh, gave a cassette tape to a girl. <laughs> well, I was I was dating the first for the first time ever uh, this girl, and she was really into the song as well. But just the song, she didn't like Aerosmith at all. She just liked that one song. Well, I'm sure that this girl didn't like Aerosmith either. Yeah, actually, was... I'm sure she just liked the song. Nobody, she, no they just liked, liked Ben Aerosmith. Affleck. I think they just liked the idea of right and the concept of romance. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. like I probably liked as a kid, but that that ended too very very fast. Yeah. Well, I was like, I don't know. I think we were in middle school or something when this came out. So you can't expect something from middle school to last, especially not something based on a song written by Diane Warren. <laughs> She penned all of Michael Bolton's worst hits. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bolton's kind of making a return. That guy is, no. The Lonely Island lo- loves him. I, I don't think that we should bring back something like him ironically. Like, it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. Like, something that's ironic, yeah, it starts out sort of fun. But then he's releasing a smalty Christmas album, and it's being played everywhere. Mm. And then we're suffering. Yeah. Well, you know, Michael Bay said he might want to bring back Armageddon, but we can talk about that later. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm in, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that after Let's the break, Let's see if Steven Tyler can have another, you know, maybe <laughs> his granddaughter hit. this time. Oh, God. <laughs> Sing that song, Pink, that disgusting song. Um, Why anyway. is it disgusting? It's just a color. Yeah, it's his favorite color. It's good color. That's good. So some sort of weird gender role thing. <laughs> so let's get into this weird movie. Um, What's weird about it? It's it's just it's a crazy movie that has no semblance in reality. Like there's no re- realness I mean, to this movie. I don't know what you're talking about because I literally read that there was an asteroid <laughs> that came very close to hitting the Earth over Christmas break. It, it did. Like it came between us and the moon. Yeah. So like that's pretty close. Yeah. We haven't even been to the moon, so how can we go to this asteroid? Wait, Stop wait, it. wait. No, no, no. No. <laughs> I'm just Rob, kidding. I'm just we've kidding. been to the moon, goddammit. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have had this movie because they filmed at Cape Canaveral. They filmed all over the place. There. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's a soundstage. It's already equipped <laughs> right. for the lights. Right, exactly. Kubrick already filmed in there, so. So it takes place. Uh, it starts in space. The space shuttle Atlantis is doing some routine sort of work on something like that, mm-hmm. and it explodes because <laughs> <laughs> it gets hit by an asteroid. Yeah, and then it uh, burns up in the atmosphere or sinks into the sea. Yeah. Anyway, like a, a bunch of like they see all this like shit on the radar down at like Missile Command, and they're like, "Oh my god, oh. is it an attack?" But this isn't just Missile Command. This is like the sexiest Missile Command ever. This is like a souped-up car with like lights on right. the inside. Yeah, yeah, it looks. Kind this of isn't egregious. like the war room in Doctor Strange Love with oak paneling and like little no you know, flickering lights. This is like. <laughs> it's like an 80s album cover yeah that's right yeah. it's like a scorpions album cover <laughs> here i am rock you like a hurricane <laughs> why did he turn into arnold at the end of that They're song German. okay anyway so initially like they don't know what it is but they figure out that it's an asteroid yeah and it's what else would be coming from space that's the craziest thing aliens oh, okay plane. yeah yeah and that happened just the year before did you not see that footage independence of the spaceship 
Oh, like the, oh, the classified footage? Oh yeah, yeah, I did actually. I take back everything I said during the science episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they figure out it's an asteroid, and the debris that has been pelting Earth has been like the stuff that was like ejected out of the asteroid belt. Yeah, it's it, just like Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. Except like they're not aliens. No, 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 no. And it's not a satire. <laughs> Yeah, and Doogie Howser isn't in it. No. There's a lot of things that's not like <laughs> Starship Troopers in this. And it doesn't have as good a message about feminism. Mm, interesting. We'll talk about that later. But, so they decide, they figure out it's an asteroid, and they realize that they're fucked. Yeah. Because they saw Deep Impact come out two months ago. <laughs> and it did not work out well for them. No. I don't it, think. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't. It's, this is one of those movies that came out. It was like Dante's Peak and Inferno, A Bug's Life and Ants. Like, yeah. It was like the same movie came out two months apart. Well, I think like in the 90s, they could get away with that more. Like Because just, like, there was more than one studio in the 90s. Now there's only Disney. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be self-cannibalizing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you could like release a movie fast enough that the word wouldn't get to the public and if you just managed to get it out first or made it like the biggest splash yeah oh mm -hmm. yeah that's good asteroid mm -hmm. splash yeah then then nobody would care but so apparently like one thing about this movie is that deep impact like the guy who wrote deep impact apparently pitched this to disney uh... and then they were like shit we got to make an asteroid movie <laughs> Well, uh, uh, the the kind of story, I mean, we can get into this more later, but like Michael Bay had a two-picture deal with Disney because he made The Rock, and then he needed to make another one. About a rock. <laughs> it's <like> his rock <laughs> trilogy. His rock trilogy. And the last one is just about a rock band. It's yeah. Um, he needed no, to make... it's Pain and Gain with The Rock. Oh, nice. That's, that's better. Uh, <laughs> I thought it's about someone cooking. <laughs> Anyway, so he, he needed to make a movie, and so he went to the guy who wrote The Rock and was like, hey, what other ideas do you have? Because I read all of Disney's scripts, and I hated them all. Because nothing exploded every two minutes in them. Right. So, uh, so then he was, he was like, well, what about an asteroid coming towards Earth? And he's like, perfect. Write that. So it might have been Disney pushing it, or it might have been Michael Bay like only finding this one. Interesting. Good. Anyway, so... <laughs> No, it really was. Yeah, man. did you really find that interesting? Because yeah. it sounded like you didn't. I wasn't meaning to be condescending, but if I was, then let's just accept it. <laughs> so Billy Bob Thornton is like the head honcho at NASA, and he sort of compiles all the plans about what to do about this asteroid. And yeah. like the one plan that they have that they think will work is to drill a hole 800 meters into the asteroid. And then why are you making that symbol with your finger through your other fingers there? Well, we'll get to that. Oh God. It's so sexual. It's awful. Everything in this movie is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these guys drilling for oil. Yeah. They all get covered in oil at one point. <laughs> Uh, it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a dirty movie, Blaine. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Top Gun again. All of a sudden, this is at least as homoerotic as Top Gun. Oh, for sure, no, it's not. It's well, not. there's a little bit. There's a little bit here and there. Okay, well, we can talk about that. But so, yeah, they want to drill in, put a nuclear device in there, and explode it, and this will like split the asteroid into two cheeks, which will then both <laughs> bypass the Earth. <laughs> They called them cheeks in the movie, which was weird. I, yeah. I thought that was a weird way of naming them. Oh, one thing that, one scene that I kind of liked, but is kind of awful as well, because Michael Bay is a dick, is the guy who initially I spots... the drill bit was it Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who spots the asteroid is like this like amateur astronomer or something. He has like this telescope in a bond. Also the bond. best husband ever. Yeah, and his wife is Grace Zabriskie. Yeah. Laura Palmer's mom. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's probably just going to take off her face after this and, you know, <laughs> devour him or something. <laughs> but <laughs> he says... I want to name the asteroid Dottie because she's a mean son of a bitch who's going to destroy us all. <laughs> After his wife. Yeah, that's that's what husbands usually think about their wives. They're like megalomaniacs. They're yeah. going to kill them all. Well, I mean, we're going to start like with a theme of misogyny in this in this film. Yeah, also never comes back. Do they ever talk about the asteroid being named Dottie ever again? No. no they don't, don't call it Dottie. So. They don't call it anything. No, and Grace Zabriskie does nothing to help. No. The asteroid. No, she could have gotten Kyle McLaughlin on the case. Yeah, but he would have been that guy for most of it. <laughs> yeah, but it would have worked out. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced this is in the Twin Peaks universe, but let's continue. Okay. They figure they need somebody who can drill into an asteroid in space. I, I think you're having a hard time with this because the, the next leap in this is so much of a leap. You're like, right. It's so crazy to be like, there's an asteroid heading towards Earth. Let's get 
drill pigs go up there and drill it apart. Drill pigs? Yeah, I don't know. I don't is, know. That a, is that a real term? I think, I don't know. Drill, drill men. They call themselves roughnecks. Yeah, oh, yeah, roughnecks. Yeah. Well, I just watched this movie. <laughs> it's already fading. Well, apparently NASA actually does show this to their recruits so, and make them like point out everything that's wrong and scientifically right. impossible in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like this movie getting made. That's why it's weird. It's a scientific anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. But so they, they decide that they need to get the number one drill guy in the world to take this mission. And guess who it is? It's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Also a psychopath. Yeah. He's, he's just in the middle of trying to murder a man on board his rig. Yeah, but it's fun because there's like ZZ Top music playing. He chases Ben Affleck around. I mean, everyone's wanted to like, you know, shoot Ben Affleck or whatever. Yeah. But like, he chases him around this this rig because he's sleeping with his daughter. Yeah. And well, he discovers him sleeping with his daughter. Yes. And he almost kills a lot of people in this. Yeah, because he's like firing bullets. They're on an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen an oil rig. They're just made of pipes and a platform. That's all they are. (laughs) And he's like shooting everywhere. Presumably something flammable or explosive (laughs) is everywhere. (laughs) And like his like one friend is like trying to convince them to like stop shooting Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yeah. And they're not even really like trying that hard. They're just like, ah, you know, like You've raised your daughter on oil rigs. Of course she's going to fall in love with a roughneck. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Not weird. Like, Are you fucking crazy? You're going to kill us all. Yeah, they're very lax about his... Or at best, like, maybe don't murder a fellow human being. <laughs> yeah, well, none of them's like, hey, you're going to go to jail for a long time. Like, yeah. if you murder someone, you'll lose your daughter anyway by going to jail. Like, no one no one has any semblance of logic in this movie. But this is like this is like one of the things about dads. Right. Is whenever their daughter's virginity or sexuality is threatened or anything, mm-hmm. you know, exists, time for a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to get shooting. <laughs> oh man, so That's how you be a good dad. Yeah, and and there's there's people on the platform that are going to like buy more drilling equipment from them or like buy a, they're from Japan. Yeah, there's they're some there. like investors or something. Anyway, and they they've built this whole platform, this crazy huge platform, and they haven't even discovered oil yet. They're still driveling to find oil. Oh, really? Yeah, which is crazy. Don't you do that with like boats dropping things and then you build an oil rig around it i don't actually know that you don't just build an oil rig on some place where you think there's oil and be like oh i hope it's here my expertise is blockbusters from the 90s yeah (laughs) okay fair enough well i can tell you how they work (laughs) well let's tell us how they work (laughs) you just need a bunch of stars oh there you go a bunch of explosions some steve buscemi a shoehorned in love plot oh well yeah apparently it was shoehorned in the last minute but anyway so nasa decides that they need to get bruce willis to to do this, despite the fact that he's a homicidal maniac. Yeah, and what I remember from this movie is that he goes to NASA and he trains the astronauts how to do it, but the astronauts just don't get it, and then they have to go up too. That's no. not it at all. They're no. like, we're going to put you guys up in space as a secondary team, all on your own spaceship. Well, he like, demands crazy. to have his own crew. He's like, yeah. I need my guys. I'm only good because I'm surrounded by the best. I've worked with these guys for 25 years. <laughs> Oh, God. And they're and all good in space. Trust me. <laughs> this will this will come back to kick him in the ass later. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Who who would have thunk? Yeah. But so they don't even train these NASA astronauts to, like, drill, really. They get trained as astronauts. Yeah. They get the whole – they all go down to Cape Canaveral or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they even, like, undercut the joke by, like, saying that they're the wrong stuff. Right. Because they're doing all, like, the right stuff sort of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff. A lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's like we've seen, like, the astronaut training montage before. Sure. There's got to be, like, the scene where, like, they do the gravity and, like— They go into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. They do some swimming. Apparently they were only allowed in the pool for, like, tops an hour to film in there. Well, and you're not supposed to eat before because you'll get cramps. Right. And you can can float to the bottom of the pool. But— in between this, like, they're assessing everybody's sort of, like, mental and physical health to see whether they can 
survive in space. <laughs> and like, there's like this one scene where Ben Affleck, they're doing like the simulated dr- drilling thing, and the computer is telling him that like he's you know hit some sort of like snag or some sort of it bedrock. Was, it was a gas pocket. Yeah, something like yeah, gas pocket. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's that is, that's actually a nickname for Ben Affleck. <laughs> But he he persists and keeps on like drilling, and the computer simulation obviously like explodes. You know, yeah, because it's Michael Bay, and he's like, "The simulation's wrong, not me." And he gets he becomes a big prick about it. Yeah, I mean, he does a Ben Affleck about it. <laughs> <laughs> does a really good Ben Affleck impression in this movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and so we know that's going to come back because it's like he needs to prove himself. He needs to prove that he like deserves uh, Liv Tyler's da- daughter, Liv Tyler, Steven Tyler's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that he's like a man. Yeah, uh, Liv Tyler does a lot of just like sleeping on desks in this movie. Her head is always down on a desk. Uh, worrying about something. Yeah, well, she's the only female character in this. There's one other female character who is uh, actually on the mission. Yeah, she's an astronaut. She's an astronaut, has, like, no lines, no dialogue. I don't even know if we learn her name. Yeah, well, and she's always wrong about everything. <laughs> like, she, she's always saying, like, this is the only way. And then someone's like, yeah, but what about this? She's like, okay, I guess that. Yeah, like, yeah, she gets mansplained by, like, fucking... Oil drillers. <laughs> I know it's pretty bad, and even like in the in the end, she's like, "This is the only way to do it." I know this because I've been trained on it. The Russian guy's like, "Same components." I don't know. Hit it with a wrench, and it works. It's like, oh come on, just let her have something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. But yep. Liv Tyler is essentially the person who's like. I think, like, running the operation. Like, she's doing all, like, the business part of it. She's the person oh, who's, on, like... like not, not NASA, but, like, on the oil rig. Oh, yeah, no, on the oil rig. Yeah. No, not running NASA. That's the government. <laughs> right. No, that's Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in a very, like, interesting character that has a lot of dimension. No, no, it's not a... That character is all, uh, if, if you will, all potatoes. No gravy. So. Wow. Yeah, I brought it back. He's no, he's no Ed Harris in uh, Apollo no, uh, 13 or yeah. in Gravity. Right. Yeah. Was Ed Harris in Gravity? Yeah, I think he was the voice of, uh, you know, Houston. Yeah. Or well, he was also, he kind of played a similar role in Truman Show, too. Like, yeah. uh, the guy who runs the whole... Yeah, but that, that wasn't space. <laughs> okay, that wasn't space. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, so Moron. I'm sorry. I got space dementia. <laughs> oh, fuck. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we so, have to get there. Yeah. So, like, they do all the thing. They, like, they're, they're ready to go in space. They, like, modify the armadillo thing so that it has all right. the, like, this is another thing where I think their pathos is, like, should be showing. Because they, like, they tear apart this NASA vehicle, this bunch of, like, oil rig mechanics, and then put it back together. <laughs> It's like people spend their whole lives designing vehicles for NASA. Like, it, it doesn't. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Oh, shit. Did we make this airtight? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and, and there's that whole scene where Bruce Willis is like, you made this drill bit all wrong. It's like, this is totally backwards. I'm like, they didn't know to point the drill bit towards the ground. It's really backwards. Really? Yeah. That's oh, so weird. So, anyway. So, they, they've done all their testing. They do all this stuff. Yeah. What? I like that they have to, like, make Bruce Willis, like, the example of supreme competence in this. Like, there is no smarter or, like, more able man in all the United States or NASA than Bruce Willis. Yeah. And he's, like, he has, like, not one moment of vulnerability or flaw except (laughs) he can't stand to see his daughter grow up slash have sex with somebody. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Mostly the latter. Well, it's really interesting because they paint him as like this blue collar guy. Like just like, he's, you know, he's middle America. He's a, and then at one point he's like, when you have $8 million sunk into a, and I was like, this guy's a a millionaire. Yeah. Like this guy is, is Trump. Like he's this, he's this guy who's like, I'm a millionaire, but I sold myself as blue collar. He was just born on third base. (laughs) It was weird. And then drilled it for oil. (laughs) 
<laughs> can't do that before running home. Anyway, I know baseball. so But yeah, it was this weird thing where I was like, oh, I remember this guy being like the epitome of redneck America, of like the, the, the hardworking blue right. collar. Like this is people who work for a living and who don't know the fancy science stuff, but like they know what works. I just know the ground. Yeah, I don't know the math of it, but I like I can implement it. Like you're a university, I'm college kind of thing. I can feel the oil. <laughs> exactly. I can feel the asteroid. <laughs> oh, God. And they do at the end. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, it was weird to then find out that he was a multimillionaire. Yeah. So well, isn't that the classic, like, you know, that's the classic American thing. Like, right. every, you know, rich guy claims to have blue-collar beginnings, but, you know. Yeah, no, they never do. So, yeah, so he, he's... So they're so, going to go up into space. Mm-hmm. But before they do that... They gotta have like one that to go crazy. <laughs> oh man, there's one of my favorite scenes after this, uh, but we'll get to that right after this message. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back with Rewatchability with Rob and me and, and no jam. Jam still hasn't shown up. Yeah. I thought he'd come in halfway through as like a third-act twist, but... Uh, <laughs> Nah, he didn't. This isn't an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> no. No, no, it's worse. <laughs> Does feature Bruce Willis. Yeah, exactly. But we're just about to talk about the... Your the, favorite scene. The, the night at the... Well, I mean, not my, not quite my favorite scene, but it's, uh, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. The night at the strip club. Uh, right. And that's why it's your favorite scene, because you like to objectify women. No, they like to. It's weird. It's a weird thing because they get in a they get in a fight with. Why don't you explain, Blaine? With uh, <laughs> Jesus, it's like I'm at therapy or something. Uh, I, the, uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to defend myself on this. No, they, uh, they they get in a fight with Billy Bob Thornton. Bruce Willis is like, my guys need one night off before they go because they might never be coming back, and they need to be able to have their minds on the mission. So. He says, let them have a night off on the town. Mm-hmm. So they do. They and all, like, go crazy. Everybody, like, you know, they go to a strip club. Yeah. Steve Buscemi takes out a very large loan to spend on whores. St- Steve-, <laughs> Steve Buscemi gets in a fight with a biker gang. Yeah, that happens, too. Like, he's so, Steve Buscemi's character is so confident that he's like, yeah, I can take all of you. Like, you're Steve Buscemi. Everything that can happen in the guitar solo of an Aerosmith song does. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what's his, what's his name, goes, like, home for the first time. We see that he has, like, a wife and a kid. Right, yeah. Bruce Willis's buddy, I can't remember his name, but he's played by Will Patton. He has this scene where he goes and, yeah, he sees... He's like X, and this it, is this is my favorite scene because it's so ridiculous. Let's play a clip. Okay. Hey. What are you doing here? I was just passing by on the. Uh, I came. Who's he? That man's a salesman. Would you go inside? Thank you. You got big. Can't come around like this. The court says you can't. Confuses him. No, I know. I just... I wanted to say that I'm sorry about everything. And I got something coming up. Some kind of big. You just might be proud of me. Would you do something for me? Would you just give him this? Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to tell him who it's from. Just. That's like that's heartbreaking. It's it's no, it's not. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it sucks. It's like trying to inject this like ah oh, this guy we feel for him now. He didn't have a character before, and he like he doesn't really have a character now. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, like, when it's such a large ensemble, 
You can only yeah. you can only like give like you know space dimension to one character. Little <laughs> moments to sort of like fill out the rest of them. Like that's how we sort of have to like see everybody through this movie. Mm. Like Michael Clark Duncan. What we learn about him is he's a big black guy. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. There's a lot of depth to his character for sure. Although I like seeing Michael Clark Duncan stuff. I I I miss him. So me too. Me too. Yeah. He had like a real sweetness to him. And like well, a, that that's the thing. That's like the thing that they like kind of play for comedy in this is that in the psych evaluation he just like breaks down and starts crying. But like I don't know. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Owen Wilson is oh. Owen Wilson. Oh. <laughs> Owen Wilson is like, Owen. Wilson. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I love I love when they have to like go wrangle everyone up. He's actually on a horse running away from helicopters. It's yeah. so ridiculous. It's so stupid. Yeah, that was the scene where Michael Bay just needed to have you know, a whole bunch of helicopters. Yeah. Know. That was just an excuse. The it's whole like we like, have this whole band back together. A helicopter budget and we uh we didn't blow it in the they have a news conference scene where they use helicopters there too. Yeah. What? People are going to be speaking to microphones. You have helicopters? Well, the ridiculous part of like the reunion scene, like where they get the band back together, is that like the feds pick up Bruce Willis at the oil rig. Yeah. They take him to NASA and then like. That's like what twenty four hours, and everybody's like scattered across the country. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I guess our jobs are done. Uh, let's fly everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe maybe take a night, you know, <laughs> leave in the morning. <laughs> oh man, it's weird. But okay, so they they get back from this night out. Yeah, and um, then they go to space, and then the end of the movie. And they go to space, and that's it. That's it. With, there's it. nothing more to talk about. Well, it's pretty like <sighs> there's not a lot of drama or conflict in this movie and it sort of like is flattened out but they put conflict in this movie because they give everything guns for no reason in space well that too i mean we'll get there but i mean (laughs) the like once they get into space like we're essentially into like the like space malfunction genre like every space movie it's like where you know you're gonna do routine things but they're going to get fucked up and you're going to have catastrophic failure and then you're going to sure. have to like try to like improvise the mission somehow. Yeah, but usually it's it's man versus space in these things. Um and like in gravity it was so good because it was just like her versus like her own knowledge and 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 I I liked gravity. I thought George Clooney was the bad guy. <laughs> in gravity because he left her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to convince her to die. <laughs> Wasn't You he? should be on your own. I'm going to be over here burning up in the atmosphere. Yeah. But in this I thought it was going to be like while you put oil rig workers into space and i I remember them screwing things up because they didn't have much training and they didn't know certain things (laughs) or like oh no you can't breathe in space (laughs) why did i take a big it's like it's hot in the suit (laughs) Ah! i felt that like I was going to see these guys just not know what to do in space and the astronauts kind of helping them along. And then in the end, the last thing they do is like their blue collarness comes through and saves the day because they know about drilling and that's what they know about. But they know about everything all the way along. <laughs> They're doing everything that the astronauts are doing wrong. They're doing right. The astronauts are fucking it up. You don't crazy. need to go to college to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you need to go you to don't like need years- a highfalutin high school diploma. Years and years of NASA training. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm. Well, so they go, they fly up to space. They have to, like, the first thing is that they have to refuel at Mir, the oh, yeah. the uh, Russian space station. Yeah. And there, they, like, that's where the first thing goes wrong because they, like, they fuck up something. Russians, right? Plane. <laughs> There's a, it's really sensitive, the geopolitical situation right now. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Plus, I'm I think, sorry. I don't want to add to that. I plus, don't add Putin to that. is doing some great things. And, you know, I think Donald Trump is great. And <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> what did you do with Rob? <laughs> oh, my God. I think with us and WikiLeaks and Donald Trump and Putin, we're really going to take this into a new era. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to bring about Armageddon again. That's how much you like this movie. <laughs> Armageddon 2 is it's the Russians. Armageddoner. Um, okay. That, anyway, so no, the point is... Yeah, they they like something gets fucked up, and I think like the Russian Peter Sturmer, he actually like saves them. Ben Affleck saves them too. They kind of save Ben Affleck. He gets into the into the ship, oh, right. and then the two ships both kind of crash land, or one crash lands on the asteroid. No, you're missing a whole bunch of stuff still. Oh God, because am I? What happens is they have to, or did I cleverly see past it? <laughs> because they have. To 
after they go past the space station, they have to like use the moon's gravity to like slingshot around mm-hmm. it, right? So they to can save approach, the whales in the future, so they can approach the asteroid from behind. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, after all, it's like detritus has been cleared by the moon, which doesn't even make sense. Well, that's what they they think that like the mo- that the gravity will something. I don't know, but it doesn't work because like. <laughs> The one space shuttle's engines get destroyed, and we think that Ben Affleck is toast. Right. Which is really sad, because Liv Tyler's on Earth being like, ah, my fiancé. Yeah, yeah. And that's bad. And plus, Bruce Willis made a promise to her to bring bring her fiancé back. Yeah. Well, he tr- it's weird, because he was trying to kill him, so you'd think, now's the time. Now's the time to kill that she man. She should have just promised him on the oil rig, promise not to kill my fiancé. <laughs> exactly. All I needed was a promise. So I, I guess they weren't, like, fiancés yet. They hadn't, like, done, like, the part where Ben Affleck... Oh, the them. animal crackers? Yeah. Oh, God. That was on the soundtrack. That was on, like, him saying the, the animal crackers Yeah, stuff? the part where he takes the animal crackers and he's like, I'm going to put animal crackers in your vagina. No, he doesn't say that. Yes, he does. Those are the lines. <laughs> Maybe I saw the director's cut. God, what CD did you hand this poor young girl? When you, what, what, that's why she handed it back. She's like, my parents told me not to talk to you anymore. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird scene. But we, we just ran right past it. But they survive all these Gs. And they and they get to the asteroid and they crash. Yeah, uh, both of them crash. Yeah, and but one of them crashes a little bit better. Yeah, then they can like put the armadillo out, which is like this thing they made. Yeah, and anyway, it's like a bunch of stuff happens, right? Like, yeah, but Steve Buscemi gets space dementia, which <laughs> right. is all I want to talk about. That's all I want to talk about in this podcast. I think that's what all like the Oscar movies are going to be about in three years. Is because space like dementia? you know we had that movie with um oh, what's your name. Julianne Moore a few years ago with Alzheimer's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right? And Alice, like, Alice forgets stuff. <laughs> that's what it was called. These things always sort of like come around. I think space <laughs> dementia is the next big thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Because yeah. there are cosmic rays. This is what they don't tell you. There are cosmic right. rays going like, you know, flying through space and we're protected <laughs> by the Earth's atmosphere. But if I thought you were just getting like no. a perm. That's why you had all that tinfoil on your head. <laughs> but when you're in space, <laughs> they penetrate your brain and actually like kill brain cells. So if you spend like enough time in space Blaine listen if you interstellar travel is going to be impossible because we're all going to get space dementia okay okay I believe you I believe you (laughs) he says so he doesn't get hurt on the podcast but so no but there's there was an interesting phenomenon that I read about like I think it was John Glenn John Glenn he went to space and uh, and he was like saw these like lights outside the spaceship and then he saw some lights inside the spaceship and he was like what's going on and and he talked to NASA about it apparently those those rays can get through and just hit your your eye like through the back of your head and hit like the receptors in your eye so you see this little flash of light Oh, that's fucked. And so every astronaut sees that because there's no way to protect against it. <laughs> there goes my brain cells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't even get to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so, yeah, he gets space dementia, or so uh, they call it. And for some so reason— It's so funny because he starts, like, shooting the Gatling gun because they have a Gatling gun, of course, in yeah. space. Well, and, if uh, there were Starship Trooper bugs on this asteroid— they yeah. would need it. Right, yeah. And and William Fichter Fichter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's his name. He just he just whispers to himself, Space Dementia. Like that's <laughs> like it's this thing that he knew was gonna happen all along. <laughs> you he, can't hire these miners, they'll all get space dementia. <laughs> and plus they need Oil to be triggers. above eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So they so Steve Buscemi gets tied up to a chair so he doesn't destroy anything. Yeah. The the president of the United States he says blow the whole thing up even though it won't work because they have to drop the nuke down right. into the hole. Yeah, they want to set off the explosion early because it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to complete the mission drilling it into 800 meters. Yeah, and like you won't get anything, you won't get any return if you like explode prematurely. So yeah, and they yeah. have like. They have, like, a whole bunch of shit goes wrong because, like, I think they bend their pipe or something like that. Oh, that hurts, yeah. They hit a gas pocket, too. Sure. Oh, man, that's just bad. That's <laughs> and, uh, a bad thing. Yeah. No one tells you about that when you're experimenting around No. Like really, no. It's really hard to keep your composure after you hit a gas pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. It ruins the night. But you just got to keep drilling. <laughs> but their equipment is messed up, so it seems yeah. like all is lost. But luckily, they thought... AJ and Lev, the Russian astronaut, and Bear were were dead, but they come by on the on the other armadillo, mm-hmm. and 
Bruce Willis is like, AJ, you're the only one who can drill this just like you drilled my daughter. <laughs> right. He makes that connection right there, and we see his growth as, as a character. That's right. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all, and it's such a sweet moment. Yeah. Those lines are so gentle and sweet. And so Ben Affleck gets to drilling, and he, he, he drills down to the 800 meters. But the fuck-up is that in, I think, I think when Steve Buscemi had the space dementia thing, I think yeah. he blew off the— What did he blow off? <laughs> the uh, remote trigger for the thing. Right, yeah, yeah. So now they can't detonate the device. Right. So somebody's got to, to stay behind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've got to get off manually. Thanks, Blaine. Mm-hmm. You pervert. <laughs> I have not said one perverted thing this whole time. But so... I've been talking about the movie. They draw straws. Yeah, they draw straws. And Ben Affleck gets a small straw. He goes down. But, of course, Bruce Willis realizes, yeah, I, I've got to let him have sex with my daughter. Right. And so he, like, rips out Ben Affleck's air cord and, like, shoves him back into the transporter thing yeah. so that he can't set off the thing It'll have to be him that does it, that stays behind, yeah, that Bruce sacrifices Willis will himself. Yeah, Bruce have to kill himself, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, he starts singing that. I don't want to... S- anyway. But there's... Okay, so when the bomb does go off, when he presses the button, there's this really, really fast, like, thing where it goes into uh, Liv Tyler's eye and goes into space, and then she she has all these memories of, like, being a kid with her dad. Yeah. And it, like, goes back and forth. And then there's this weird, uncomfortable part right near the end of that montage where they both, like, breathe in together. They both... Yes. Yeah. And it's very... I mean, maybe it's on YouTube or something, but it's just really uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Playing a clip wouldn't even do it justice because you have to kind of see it. They they match the faces. You have to imagine it and be perverted, Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's just really kind of gross. Right. It's not great. It's not a great... It's not a great thing. It's, it, I think it's meant to be like they love each other as father and daughter, but it's they're just. It uh, sort of like just reinforces the like you know. Yeah, the weirdness of this freaking movie. Yeah, yeah, and then everyone celebrates because the whole thing because well, they get up. saved. I mean, presumably, like it splits both of the asteroids, you know, far enough that they don't hit Earth, and there'll be some debris. So probably like. A million people will die, I guess. But well, like, no, they say – this is what they say. They say the, the explosion cleared all debris. It evaporated, <laughs> vaporized all the debris. Okay. So none of it will hit her. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Also, Billy Bob Thornton at one point is like, ah, oh, these are just like the things that hit New York are just the size of basketballs. But like those things hit the earth all the time. They just burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah, but not like a bunch of them. Like one basketball, sure, but a whole bunch of basketballs. Yeah, it's got like the Leonid meteor shower. Yeah, that, that happens all the time. Well, they just burn up. I'm scared. <laughs> um, yeah. Then Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler get married. They get together. Yeah, everyone gets married. Everyone gets married in the credit sequence. Yeah. Who get? Wait, who else gets married? I think doesn't uh, Steve Buscemi get married to the stripper? Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so that's like the plot. I'm <laughs> just so depressed at the end talking about Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I... Now, like, we, we wanted to do this movie, Blaine, so, like, we're, we're acting like we've been through this big traumatic experience, but we wanted to do this movie. In fact, we, we suggested doing this movie to JM, and he absolutely would not watch this. Yeah. He, he refused vehemently. Yeah. And then we were like, do you want to do Deep Impact? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, I, I, that was a real suggestion. He thought it was a joke. And yeah. I was like, uh, that's my life. <laughs> I was like, what have asteroids done to JM that have like traumatized him? <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's just too real right now. You know, he has a family. Yeah, you know, he needs he's to afraid that, that they're going to send him up to fight the asteroid. It's like, we need somebody to record a podcast up there. <laughs> <laughs> need someone to make incisive yet somewhat funny comments about Armageddon in space. Yeah, yeah. But we wanted to watch this movie. We did want to watch it. We, we did want to watch it. Why? Yeah, well, why did you want to watch it? I don't know. I, I, I guess I remembered it being kind of fun. Yeah, I remember it being funny. Like, I remember the things being funny. Like, when he's reading out what the guys want, uh, they're like, oh, you have to go to space, but we'll only go to space if we get these, if we get this list of demands. That was kind of funny, where he was like, you guys know who killed Kennedy? 
Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And apparently that was kind of like improvised by Bruce Willis. It was just a bunch of stuff written on a list that he, anyway. Yeah, it was good. It, it was, it was good. I remember that being hilarious when I was a kid. It was all right. Hmm. I don't know. There wasn't, there wasn't much to it. Yeah. And I remember Steve Buscemi being hilarious when I was a kid. Would you, this, no? But he wasn't. Uh, no. I like, I mean, his character is like bad, first of all. Well, yeah. I mean, right away when he was like. First of all, let's, let's not forget the character that he played in Con Air, which was like some sort of weird, articulate pedophile. Yeah, and then and this then movie. In, yeah. in this movie, he plays some weird, articulate guy who's always telling people that he did not have sex with a younger person. Yeah, he tells everyone he didn't. Everyone he meets, he just says, hey, I'm Steve Buscemi. I didn't have sex with another. It's oh, it's so weird. And uh, I, I guess maybe that was funnier in the 90s. Maybe. I well, mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm suggesting is that we were awful people in the 90s. Yeah, everyone was pretty awful. Now it's not. That's not Thank making God. any laughs. The, the whole thing was like, she was like, yeah, he took me to Shanghai and showed me how to use a tampon. Like, that's what Liv Tyler says. And then Bruce Willis is like, what? And he's like, I didn't show her. I mean, I told her. Eh. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then, but in light of like everything else, the underage girl thing, I'm like, oh, no, that was like Bruce Willis being like, oh, are, are all the rumors true? Like, I don't know. It just gets awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. I don't want to think about this anymore. No. But also, like, but I think it's, like, part of the whole sort of theme of misogyny in this movie. Because, like, there is, like, the stuff with, like, this, with, like, the strip club. And, like, again, like, you know, there's only two female characters. One of them is an astronaut, for Christ's sakes, and doesn't get to do basically anything. And is basically, like, mansplained by a bunch of idiots. Oh, God. Yeah. And they... Yeah, and it's just kind of like this is the movie that, you know, that coal miner in Tennessee will think they're a hero in, you know? like that's How kind is of my daughter going to grow up and believe that she can drill asteroids in space? <laughs> um, Michael, no, Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer said that his, his dad told him that he should just make movies for middle America, and that's like how he'll make his, his millions. And so that's huh. kind of like... The stuff that he's been doing. Yeah. Well, because there is definitely like the whole blue collar sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it's weird. I mean, it sort of like positions like the one lady astronaut as like some sort of like elitist. So, like, yeah. Well, it's also it also kind of exalts the fact and makes heroes out of people that drill oil, which I'm not saying is like a bad job, but it is ruining the environment. You know, it's it's it is probably the thing. Environment. That, <laughs> it's like that's the current asteroid headed towards Earth is like global warming and there is like <laughs> so this movie is kind of being like well you could do an you could do an armageddon 2 where it's just like these oil rig workers have to find a different <laughs> job in like the clean tech industry <laughs> like to avoid armageddon oh, yeah it's just like it's just like all of them like leaving their homes in california because it's flooded <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah well that's that's true well they're even like make fun of environmentalists like at the beginning of the movie Bruce oh yeah willis is shooting golf balls off his rig at a Greenpeace vessel. Yeah. And and we're supposed to kind of like, we're, si- we're siding with the oil guys. Environmentalists. Because the Gre- Greenpeace guys are just laughable. They're just funny, no, they're funny just people. Fools. Like, yeah. They want to like save the environment. No. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yeah, so the messaging in this movie is really confusing because yeah. there's like, Multi-millionaire blue-collar workers and people that are going to save the world by harming it. And uh, it's just, yeah, everything's pretty confused. Well, we're being sold a faulty bill of goods. That's yeah. what we're being. I mean, All right. you know, this is no, same old get Hollywood. Get on your soapbox, man. Same yeah. old Hollywood. Preach. Trying to keep us down by telling us that our shitty jobs are, you know, going to save the world. But really, they're just killing us <laughs> and everyone else. Yeah. Who, who is that? Work will save your soul or something? Anyway. Um, Henry Ford. <laughs> Probably, but yeah. So, what do you think about the direction in, in the in the Michael Bay oeuvre? What do you think? Where would you place this? Would you place it near the top or near the bottom? I don't know. See, what I sort of remembered about this movie, and I sort of thought going in was that it might be because I like the bombast of Michael Bay movies, and there's something to be said for his like style of filmmaking. And in fact, Armageddon has its defenders. Like they actually released a Criterion edition of this. They did, and that's the weirdest thing. 
Yeah. It's so weird. And like they have one of his old film professors defending this movie and like talking about quick editing and the razzle dazzle and the elevation of blue collar workers to heroes, which is, I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of like those are all really interesting critical points to this film well and he did a lot of like the filmmaking in and of itself was kind of like breakthrough filmed a lot at nasa and convinced yeah. them to be able to film there he did like gorilla style filmmaking to film at the washington monuments like he just took like a steadicam operator and himself and like ran into it and, yeah you know like he did some like cool things to make this movie happen yeah yeah but a lot of people have criticized it for being like too frenetic like, there's mm. too much, like, machine gun editing and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so much machine gun that you had to put one on a spaceship. <laughs> but sort of compared to today's movies, it kind of seems a bit slow. Like, it's not it's, – there's not actually that much – you know, it's pretty yeah. paced. Well, it's – and it's so funny because, like, after any character development, like, it's like Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler have a minute-long scene where they're talking and you're trying to develop that love story. It's like, ah, oh, that was too much. Have a asteroid hit Shanghai. All right, sweet. <laughs> it's just like we have to have an explosion every five minutes. But the weird thing about this movie is that there's not a lot of like ongoing sort of conflict. Like we know the asteroid's coming. That creates some tension. Mm-hmm. We know that Bruce Willis doesn't want Ben Affleck with his daughter. That creates some tension. But there's like no other sort of like real character stuff like there's like some minor clashes between like the drillers and the nasa people but nothing like gets like solved there's no like development of of anything sort of like building to anything it's just like we get through to the training then they go up into space and then they solve their mission there's no like function as a movie yeah like you know the way that most movies do like where one thing leads to another thing which leads to another thing it just sort of like sets it up and then, you know, we have a lot of fun until we get there. <laughs> That's sort of like what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then space things go wrong. Yeah, I mean, space things go wrong, but like none of them like have any meaning. It's just like space things go wrong. Things go wrong in space. Yeah, there's a lot of this movie that could be, I'm, I'm sure, cut again and cut out of sequence and still make sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. I understand what you're saying. You put the asteroid part first. Or do it backwards, and then it's a bunch of guys who are from an asteroid, which explodes, and then they take refuge in America and (laughs) become oil drillers. And shoot at people (laughs) to defend themselves right at the end. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Greenpeace shoots golf balls at them. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. So, but but you didn't answer my question. Where would you put this? Would you put this as kind of like the uh, on the top near uh, near the rock in, in Michael Bay or near the bottom with Transformers? Well, I put it above Transformers, but I wouldn't put it like above The Rock. Like, I think, like, I, I think I actually want like the big dick machismo stuff, like you know, with the guns and the. You like, heard it here know, first, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, because like in this, he's trying to he's trying to do a good work here. This is a movie about saving the world, yeah. But he does it in like the worst way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like. Yeah, it it doesn't seem like it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It didn't I mean, need to be two and a half hours long, that's for sure. It's so long. Oh my god. Yeah. I I mean I I like an Aerosmith song. I put Con Air above this. Well of course. Yeah, Con Air's so good. It's I mean it's it's kind of what this movie could have been, like fun. Uh, this and this movie does have some fun points, but it doesn't have the kind of comedy that Con Air had and the self seriousness that Con Air had. You know I like oh this movie? What? Both the bad guys from Fargo. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah. good. That is pretty good. That's Wouldn't it be great good. if, like, Peter Stormare put Steve Buscemi in a wood chipper? Yeah, yeah. Or Steve Buscemi got, like, a piece of asteroid, like, hit his neck. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> and just climbs into the booth. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Francis McDormand last night? Oh, she played the asteroid. Night. She played the asteroid. She was so good as the asteroid. Yeah. I didn't even recognize well, her. She's great as every asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting anything she does. Um, I would like to see the Coen brothers do Armageddon. <laughs> I'd love to see the Coen brothers do like a big action piece of a movie. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. It'd be well written. That'd be great. And, and so, Rob, last call. Hmm. This movie, rewatchable or not? Oh, the big sigh. He has to think about his whole life before he gives an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I was, like, really into it when it began. Yeah. Because, like, when the, like, asteroids are coming and it blows up the Charlton space Charlton Heston shuttle. is talking. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that Charlton Heston was the narrator. I, I'd that never comes that. back. 
Well, thank God. He should have just been like, I'll just shoot at it with my gun. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's why guns were on board these spaceships. It was Charlton Heston that was in the rider. I'll only do the narration if there's some guns. <laughs> exactly. you got to give uh, one of those astronauts a gun. You them from my cold, dead hands and put them on the spaceship. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. You like the beginning. Yeah, but then it's sort of like, I don't know, once the like the movie proper sort of starts, it just seems stupid. Yeah. Like, the the drill, I, it doesn't do anything. It would be better if Bruce Willis had, like, a clever way that, like, saved the day at the last minute or something like that. But essentially, they just, they manage to get yeah. past all the asteroids flying at them, and they do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they sacrifice themselves, yeah, whatever. You know, it's not, I didn't, it wasn't exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine, what about you? Well, I thought it was... I mean, probably what I thought about it when it, when it came out is like this visual feat. They did a lot of stuff. They they got into a lot of areas and filmed in like Cape Canaveral, which was really exciting for me as like a space geek kid. And I yeah, and and so now I, I think it's really still visually appealing, and there's some really fun moments in it. Michael Clark Duncan is always nice to see him, and Steve Buscemi tries and. You know, Ben Affleck is, you just grit, grit your teeth and bear it. Yeah. Uh, if they really wanted to, like, repel the asteroid, they should have just had, like, Ben Affleck go up to it and be like, hey, girl, I'm Ben Affleck. I play Batman. Right. And would have been like, oh, I'm out of here. Not my Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Just goes off, hits Mars. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's it's way worse written than I ever thought it would ever be. Well, you, did you read about the writing credits? Oh yeah, there's like 17 people on it, but including like, including yeah, J.J. Abrams. Yeah, but he was a script doctor back then. He like he did a lot of things. Well, he, he lost his patient on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was probably it was supposed to be even worse than this because a scriptwriter came on board and convinced Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. He was like, "Please let me rewrite your first act. It's so bad. Like it's so bad. Please let me do and it." And the third. <laughs> Oh, and this is what I was going to say about possibly remaking uh, Armageddon is that Michael Bay really wants to do it. If he had a chance, he would rewrite the whole third act. He thinks that's what doesn't work in this movie. He thinks that's what doesn't work in this movie. (laughs) It's not that oil rig workers are going into space. Anyway, there's a lot that doesn't work in this movie. Well, presumably in the sequel, like, they would have a plan for the next time this happens, right? Yeah, hopefully. Like, they would have – they would train some astronauts in oil drilling. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't need to get Ben Affleck back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Do, uh, do you think it's rewatchable? I think that it was not fun to rewatch it this time. I think I'm going to say it's not rewatchable. Yeah, I don't think it's rewatchable. I don't think it's rewatchable. Yeah. We you don't know, say that a lot. I've I've been noticing that. Like because we try to give movies their due. We, it's so hard to make a movie. People the fact of it give is their whole lives to it. You can stare at a screen for 2 hours no matter what's on it almost. <laughs> that is that is a truth that we have discovered here. Right. That is the rigorous research we've done. Well, and I don't know. I think Armageddon is kind of like it's it's part of those rewatchable movies that you can put on while you're packing your apartment to move or like you're you're like yeah. doing packing something. your apartment to go save the world from an asteroid. Yeah, while you're getting Even on a jet plane. <laughs> on a jet plane. We've got to mention the part where Ben Affleck <sighs> sings. <laughs> and everyone likes it yeah Yeah. that was pretty bad did you because like we we know that this is a bad method of how to deal with a potentially cataclysmic situation like this but did you do any research on like the other methods of like how they would repel an asteroid because this is like a very real thing it could happen tomorrow yeah i mean i'm i'm did you yeah okay i'd love Uh, to hear some of them ion shepherding they're gonna like blast some ions on it and then shepherd it yeah. Off course. Yeah, yeah. Or the other one that That's sounded cool. really good was, uh, what was it called? It was like some sort of like matter, matter nudger. Okay. And what they're okay. going to do, yeah. hear me out, Blaine. Okay. They're going to put like a gun on the moon. Oh, okay. But it's going to be like That's a That's mu- never going to turn out no, bad no, no. for Earth. It's a matter gun. So it's going to shoot like matter? Mo- moon bullets. Okay. <laughs> and this will be able to like, because. <laughs> Because you have an unlimited amount of rocks on the moon. You don't have unlimited amount. You have as much as the moon. You have a moon's worth. <laughs> you have a whole moon's worth. So, and then also using like the... the tra- moon bullets. I think you just... It's like, 
I went, I went to a psychic one time. I think you're talking like her. The moon is in phase. Watch out for moon bullets. And they're going to use this to deflect the asteroid. Laugh uh, now. Laugh it up, yuck ball. This is going to work. You're the one who went to a psychic. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I did yeah, anyway. Um, did, did she have anything to say about me? <laughs> she said, you're going to be fine. <laughs> so right. it's going to be great. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard of like things like putting something up, uh, like just even a, a shuttle kind of like crashing it into it. Because moving something a tiny bit in space moves it a lot. Right. That's there's, right. There's no friction there's no, to stop yeah, the inertia. Yeah. And momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that they just have to like – the thing that I read in the Wikipedia article attached to the Wikipedia article of Armageddon. Oh, man. You're hyperlinking <laughs> up a storm. Was a that, geostorm. They didn't really need to like do the drill it down 800 meters because like the surface – like deflecting it off the surface would be enough to like push it out of its trajectory. Yeah. The problem is, is that it would probably cause a lot of – Asteroid bullets. <laughs> no, no. Which would no. hit Earth. There's no more bullets. That's it for rewatchability this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you to our sponsor, HelloFresh. And, uh, and, and thank you to you uh, at, at Patreon. Uh, thank you for giving us a little bit of money here and there. Mm. Um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash rewatchability. You can talk to us on facebook.com slash rewatchability. You can join the conversation on Twitter at rewatchability. Twitter. And yeah, watch out for, for asteroids. I mean, there, there was one just almost hit us this Christmas season. Yeah. And there was a, also that big phallic asteroid a while ago, too. And they were like, is that an alien? Oh, my <laughs> or God. Or just like shooting a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Michael Bay bullets. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 